Hi and welcome to Create English. Uh, today is April 19th. It's a beautiful Sunday morning and we are here in Ripollet out in the street with the radio. Uh, my name is Gabor and uh, we've got Jordi Puy behind the mixing board. Um, what's, what have we got for today? Well, today is a special day because we're preparing for St. Jordi's Day. That is on Thursday. Uh, but we're starting to celebrate today. Actually, there's lots of stands out here in the street with local associations and shops and you can buy flowers and books and all kinds of things. And, uh, well, this is where we're going to do the program today. Uh, let's see, what have we got? Uh, we're going to begin with uh, a little pronunciation. Uh, we're going to look at the name uh, Jordi or George. Uh, we've got some quiz questions. There's an interview, some grammar and vocabulary. And also, I'm going to tell a version of the uh, story, a legend of uh, St. George or San Jordi. So that's what's coming up. All right, so let's begin with the pronunciation. Um, I was thinking that, uh, you know, Jordi... Uh, when you pronounce the name Jordi, you've got, you've got a sound there which is also present in the English language. But there's another sound which is similar and is worth looking at, which is this sound J. And uh, this sound is used in, um, in words like uh, June, Jump, General and George, of course. And uh, I've got a, a little helper here with me, Alexandra, and she's going to help me out with, uh, with this pronunciation exercise. Uh, hi, Alexandra. How are you today? Fine, thanks. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, you learn English, right? Where do you learn English? At school. At school. And do you like it? Yes. Yeah, you do? Okay. Uh, do you like reading? Yes, I do. You do? And what books do you read? I like novels. Novels. Okay. Well, novels, yeah. Uh, you know, novels are great for uh, also giving as a gift on St. George's Day. Um, but now let's do some pronunciation exercise. Uh, and this is uh, the, the first thing I want to do is uh, think of a sound of a motorcycle, a motorbike, which comes from the distance and passes by. What would be the sound like? It would be like, right? Can you do this sound? Okay, do, do it more like. Okay, that's that's good. Now we need this sound. We need another sound, which is the. D, d, d. Can you do that, please? Right, what do you feel? You feel that the, the air is blocked, right? With this D sound. Yes. Okay, and we're going to put the two together and we're going to say D first and the, the Z after that, right? Let me show it to you first. D -Z. D -Z. Can you do that, please? D -Z. Uh huh. D -Z. Right? Now, uh, this is a. When we do it slowly, when at normal speed, it would sound like this. Can you do that, please? Okay. Right. We need this sound for words like uh, jazz. Can you say jazz? Jazz. Uh-huh. Giraffe. Giraffe. Fantastic. Orange. Orange. Right. Bridge. Bridge. Great. Juice. Juice. Page. Page. And vegetarian. Vegetarian. Fantastic. So all these words have this j sound in them. Uh, now let's uh, let's combine these with other words, right? Like uh, jazz music. Can you say, say that? Jazz music. Mm -hmm. Giraffe family. Giraffe family. P 
page 11. Page 11. Right, and orange juice. Orange juice. Do you like orange juice in the morning? Yes. Yeah, okay. Right, uh, all right, and uh, what else is left here? Yes, um, one little thing. This sound j is not always j. When you say bridge, say bridge, please. Bridge. This is, it's very clearly j. But when you combine it with the, with the word player, for example, bridge player, then you would say a ch. Bridge player. Bridge player. And page 11 is page 11. Page 11. But page 7 will be page 7. Page 7. Great. Okay. Well, fantastic. Um, well, that was it uh, really for today. Oh, yeah. Uh, one more thing. I'm going to read out uh, a story uh, in a couple of minutes. And there are some words in that story that I think are confusing for learners of English uh, here, in, um, at least in my experience. Let's take a look at these words. The first is fruit. 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 Uh-huh. It's often mispronounced as fruit, but it's not fruit, really. It's fruit. Say that, please. Fruit. Great. Another one. Vegetables. Vegetables. Right. Can you just come closer to the mic? Yeah. Vegetables. Um, often mispronounced as vegetables, but it's not tables. It's vegetables. Right. Next one. Uh, the plural of woman is women. 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 Yeah. So woman, one woman. Woman. And women. Women. Great. Now, the sword, which is like spada, okay? It's got a W in it, SW, but it's pronounced as sword. Can you say that? Sword. Uh-huh. Uh, the knight, which is un caballero, it's all in the story that I'm going to read out, mm, it's pronounced as knight. Hmm? Knight. Yes, it's got a K, K at the beginning, but it's not pronounced. It's just knight. Can you say that? Knight. Great. And finally, uh, lamb. Lamb has got a B at the end written but it's not pronounced it's pronounced as lamb hmm? can you say that lamb right you know what this means lamb is cordero okay oveja all right okay thank you uh where um that, that was it alexander thank you very much for your participation and have a good day you too thank you okay Uh, one more thing about about pronunciation and the practical uh, tip for you. Uh, St. George's Day is the 23rd of April. You can say it in two ways. You can say April the 23rd or the 23rd of April. These will be two ways of saying that in English. Okay, let's look at the origin of the name uh, George, because Jordi uh, Jordi comes from the name uh, uh, Georgios. I hope this, I pronounce this uh, properly in Greek. It's of Greek origin, and the meaning of the name is farmer, a person who works the land, because uh, he ergos means earth and work. And in Catalan, the equivalent is Jordi, Jorge in Spanish, Yirgi in Czech. Jörg in German, Jorgos in Greek, Giorgio in, in Italian, and Yuri in Russian. Okay, and now I'm going to slow down because I'm going to read out a story about uh, Saint George, San Jordi. 
And I looked around for information and there are different varieties to this legend and uh, I guess that's normal. And uh, now comes one version that I wrote and I'm going to read out. Now in the story there are some things that I'd like you to try and understand. Um, as you know, uh, it's about a village or a kingdom that was uh, threatened by a monster and uh, the village people had to give food to the monster um, every day. This is the, the story. Um, I'm going to read it out, but first I have some questions to you. Question number one. While you're listening, try to understand what did the village people first give to the monster? The cows? or the sheep right so what did the village people first give to the monster the cows or the sheep second what did the council of the elderly suggest what did the council of the elderly suggest uh, según la leyenda esta es la primera pregunta que sacrificaban primero los eh, los del pueblo las vacas o las ovejas y la segunda pregunta sería, ¿qué propuso el Consejo de los Viejos del Pueblo? La third question, where did San Jordi meet the princess? ¿Dónde se encontraron San Jordi y la princesa? And the fourth question, what did the king announce when the princess returned unhurt? ¿Qué anunció el rey cuando vio que la princesa había regresado sana y salva? So let's hear the story. Once upon a time, there was a kingdom full of happy people ruled by a generous king who had a great heart. He was righteous, but kind-hearted, and never hurt his people. The king's court was always open to the queries of the villagers. One day, the rumor of a hungry beast started up among the village people. It was cruel and ferocious, and the villagers had no choice but to feed him. They gave him fruits and vegetables first. Then they started giving him farm animals, first the poultry, then the pigs and the cows, then the sheep and the lamb. But the beast never had enough. The council of the elderly sat down and decided that if they wanted to protect the village, then they had to keep feeding the beast until someone powerful enough came and saved them. The village was running out of farm animals, and so the council decided on drawing lots to determine who would be sacrificed for the common good. Women and men were equally offered as food in order to avoid the complete destruction of the village. Once, as luck would have it, the king's daughter was chosen to be sacrificed. The court was in distress, so were the people of the kingdom, but under the agreement, everybody had to accept his or her destiny. So the princess had to do the same and offer herself to the monster. The morning the princess was walking out of the kingdom on her way to the monster, passing through the last village, 
leaving the last house on the way, she reached a forest trail to follow. At the entrance of the trail, a fine young knight appeared on a horse, wearing a shining armor and a sword on one side. He told the princess not to be afraid, but she replied that she was walking into the deadly arms of a fierce monster and that the knight should ride away as fast as he could, otherwise he would be devoured as well. The knight was San Jordi himself, and he assured the princess that he came to fight the beast and save the village. And so it was. After entering the forest, the monster soon made himself to be heard with tremendous roars, and so the knight rode towards him and pierced his sword into him and left no time for the beast to even be able to glimpse at the defenseless princess. They say that after the beast had been killed, a red rose grew out of the pool of blood around him and that San Jordi gave this rose to the princess. Then they rode back to the palace. The people could not believe their eyes when they saw the princess return unhurt. The king announced a three-day feast to celebrate the liberation of the kingdom and, of course, the saving of the princess. He offered half of his kingdom and riches to San Jordi in exchange for what we had done for him. But he told the king to share it out among the poor of his kingdom. With that, he got on his horse and rode away. And just like he had appeared, he disappeared and returned where he had come from. Okay, let me give you the, the answers quickly. Uh, which uh, animals were offered first, the cows or the sheep? Well, first the cows and then the sheep. Um, what did the council of the elderly suggest? Well, they suggested giving food to the beast, keeping feeding the beast until someone would come and save them. The third question was, where did the princess and son Jordi meet? Well, they met at the entrance of the forest. And the fourth question was, what did the king announce when the princess returned? Well, the king announced a three-day feast, dancing and drinking and eating. let's move on um, the other day I saw an Englishman uh, called Rufus uh, he lives near Ripollet and I asked him about uh, St. George's Day and um, well his experience and um, we really only had a couple of minutes to talk uh, and I have s some of his comments here um, and I'm going to <clears throat> ask you some questions and you can check how much you understand uh, let's begin. Uh, there's, um, the first thing um, is uh, I asked Rufus how St. George's Day was celebrated in England. And this is the first thing that you're going to hear. 
So, Rufus, thanks for accepting this well, welcome. interview. St. George's Day is celebrated in England in some way, but is it very different here? You know, as I was saying before, I don't think it actually is celebrated as such. I'm not aware of any events or celebrations that happen. Let's just listen one more time. So, Rufus, thanks for accepting this well, welcome. interview. St. George's Day is celebrated in England in some way, but is it very different here? You know, as I was saying before, I don't think it actually is celebrated as such. I'm not aware of any events or celebrations that happen. So, the first thing um, Rufus told me that it's not really celebrated in, in England, as far as he knew, I mean, St. George's Day. Uh, but he told me an interesting thing about uh, beer. And that is that um, there used to be an old 5p, 5 pence coin. And if you had this coin in England on uh, St. George's Day, you could go to pubs and uh, buy a pint of beer, a pint of beer for 5p. Uh, that's certainly not the price of beer in England today. It's much more expensive. And how expensive it is actually, we're going to hear it now in the next clip. If you've got one of those, you should be able to go into a pub and buy a pint of beer for a shilling, which is effectively 5p. Um, Otherwise, how much is a pint of beer? Right now, it's about five pounds. <laughs> Whoa. So, once again, how much does a pint of beer cost in England today, approximately? If you've got one of those, you should be able to go into a pub and buy a pint of beer for a shilling, which is effectively 5p. Um, Otherwise, how much is a pint of beer? Right now, it's about five pounds. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so five pounds for a pint of beer. Well, not bad. Uh, next, we talked about um, another day. Actually, he talked about another day, which was a celebration. Um, obviously, um, you will know where this uh, celebration comes from, really. Uh, the name is coming in the next clip. Listen to the name. And there's something interesting about that, uh, about the way people drink beer on that specific day. In any other celebration in England when you live there? Um, well, they celebrated St. Patrick's Day by putting a drop of green dye in the food, in the, in the beer. Again, beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you would go, go to the pub and they would serve your pint of beer with a drop of green in it. So you'd be drinking green beer. Uh, Rufus says that it's uh, uh, in the pub they used to put a drop of green dye in the beer and that would make the beer look green so green diamonds colorante verde and that was used to color the beer on st patrick's day let's listen one more time in any other celebration in england when you live there um well they celebrated st patrick's day by putting a drop of green dye in the food in the in the beer again beer <laughs> um so you would go go to the pub and they would serve your pint of beer with a drop of green in it so you'd be drinking green beer Okay, next thing. Rufus mentions something that Catalonia and England share. Now, is it the national patron saint or the rose as a national flower? Let's listen. But it, it, it's funny that, that, you know, uh, that the Catalan patron saint is the same as the English patron saint. And I don't, I don't know if the rose is the Catalan flower, but that's the national flower of England. Yeah. The connections between Catalonia and England that I didn't know about. <laughs> so, Catalonia and England share the same patron saint. And uh, finally, uh, before ending this short interview, uh, Rufus talked about uh, the holidays in England compared to Spain. I mean, uh, the, the bank holidays, that means the days when you don't work. What does he say? We have a lot fewer holidays than we do in Spain. Thank you. Have a good weekend. 
Thank you. Thanks. All right. Well, he said uh, they have a lot fewer holidays in England than in Spain. That means in Spain there are more holidays than in England. Well, thanks, Rufus, for the little chat. And now let's continue with the program. The same father but different mothers We keep together like a family should Roaming the country for the common good It came to pass one fateful day We found ourselves down Mexico Way the town, the mayor, the PTA Bleeding on their knees with us all to stay We only stopped for a few burritos They told us of the trouble with lost banditos A poor little town in need of aid But brothers and me have never been afraid Age of chivalry, it's not dead Lonesome nights in a cowboy band To be a bride for every man Who chased away the evil gang for love Okay, so we're nearing the end of the program, and uh, in the interview you could hear uh, S- uh, St. Patrick's Day mentioned, and I said, okay, you know where that is from. Of course, it's from Ireland. It's an Irish uh, uh, holiday, and it's uh, the patron saint of Ireland. Now, um, what uh, what's coming up now is really just a couple of uh, comments about uh, some... Uh, word formation and um, related to, to our topic, right? I mean, you know, we're talking about St. George and uh, the kingdom, a king and the princess. And uh, uh, the, the words uh, that I would like to point out are the following. Um, when you say king, that means rey. Uh, to, to make, um, to form uh, reino, the rey, in English, you say, you add a dom at the end. So you say king, kingdom. And similarly, uh, from uh, free, which is libre, you add dom, and you get freedom, which is libertad. Um, from uh, uh, friendship means um, amistad. And this is different. It's a different suffix. Uh, the ship is added to the friend, and it becomes friendship, amistad. Similar to relation, relationship, which is um, relación. Um, from child, you form childhood which is um, niñez, and from brother, brotherhood, which is um, hermandad. Uh, okay, uh, I just wanted to point out these, and I'll make one correction, because I said in the story, the uh, Consejo de los... Uh, I wanted to say Consejo de, las, de los uh, Ancianos. I said something else, which I don't want to repeat, but uh, the correct one would be Consejo de los Ancianos, the Elderly Council. And uh, all right, so um, this was a Create English uh, special edition for St. George's Day. San Jordi, 
Uh, I hope you have a good day. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a great day, lovely sunny day. Uh, hope you have a good time. And um, well, um, I, this was uh, Gabor Legradi with uh, Create English. And I hope to see you next time in the next program. Goodbye and all the best. Seven, the other six are singing in heaven.